Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Down in the Valley, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Natural Beauty Spa. To see our podcast and other USL podcasts and articles, be sure to check out their website at bgn.fm. You can also check out this podcast on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. For those that are listening through the podcast audio, we go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash down in the valley. Thank you. We appreciate all of y'all's support week in and week out. This week, I decided to not have a live show, mostly due to the fact that there really wasn't a lot of news that we hadn't talked about before. Obviously, uh, the biggest thing that has, you know, been talked about on social media has been, you know, COVID-19 and how that will affect the return of the USL, which we talked about on last week's episode. So if you guys have not listened to that episode, be sure to check it out uh, on your podcast, uh, favorite podcast platform. Um, But other than that, what was announced this week was the group stage and the teams that would make up all of the eight groups in the USL Championship. And RGVFC was put in a group with San Antonio FC, Austin Bold, FC Tulsa, and OKC Energy. And, uh, you know, it really is, you know, outside of the surprise that the Copa Texas teams were separated since El Paso Locomotive was put in a group with uh, New Mexico and I think Phoenix Rising and another one. But outside of that, you know, it's it's teams that we usually play a lot. And it's really no no surprise that this is going to be a very difficult group for RGVFC. San Antonio, as we know, um, you know, the the Toros usually play you know, give their 110% when we do play San Antonio. So really going historically, historically the Toros haven't really struggled that much against San Antonio. Um, at all times, I believe we have three win or five wins over them. They have three wins over us. And I believe it's four draws in uh, official USL matches uh, between them two. So we have a slight advantage over San Antonio, right? However, Austin Bold is, out of all the teams that we got in the group, Austin Bold is the one that, that worries me the most because we have never been able to beat them. And they are a team that has a lot of experience within their ranks. A lot of USL experience, a lot of, you know, soccer, professional soccer experience abroad. And the last two matches that we've played against Austin Bold, 
the bold was able to pull away mostly due to the fact that they were able to use their experience against the Toros. They took advantage that the Toros roster tends to make up young and experienced guys. And they were able to get in inside their heads, you know, really easily that allowed the Toros to lose their concentration. At home, we lost, I believe, 1-0, which was a close match. But at Austin, we lost really bad. I believe it was 3-0, if I recall correctly. So that's the team that worries me the most. That's the team that will probably end up in first place. Now, we do have to remember that out of all of these teams, these five teams in this group, only two are moving on to the to the playoffs. So we have the we have the Toros have their work cut out for them. Coach Javier has his work cut out for him. You know, going into these sixteen matches that will be uh, beginning more than likely on July eleventh. Now, the reason why. I feel like this is going to be very difficult for the Toros. It's not because I don't think the Toros have talent in the roster. I definitely think that they do. The biggest issue is death. Roster death. We recently lost Nico Lemoyne to the Houston Dynamo. He was offered an MLS contract uh, during this break. Kyle Adams was signed as well. And we lost Andrew Samuels during the preseason to injury, and he was going to lose almost all of it. And that really drops the available players to use down a lot for Coach Echeverry. Last Friday, um, I was present in a press conference with Coach Echeverry that he gave uh, the media after practice. And one of the points that he did make, he made it himself, was roster size. And I believe he mentioned the number 18, that basically that he had around only 18 players to use for the USL championship that he knows he's going to consistently have because he has no idea if the Dynamo is going to loan in some players or how many players they're going how many more players they're going to take and we need to remember that the Houston Dynamo around that the same time that the USL is going to be going on they're going to be playing the MLSS back tournament in Orlando. And it's another condensed uh, tournament for them, World Cup style. And so they're going to need as much depth on their roster as they can. They're going to need to rotate all these players. So I, it would not be past us to see players like Kyle Adams, Eric McHugh, um, Michael Salazar, who usually get loaned down to RGBFC, 
get some minutes, maybe even Nico Lemoyne, get some minutes with the Houston Dynamo at the MLS's back uh, tournament. And so far, we have not seen or heard any information regarding any roster moves, you know, acquiring any players to kind of bolster up the depth of this team. I think if anything, they might go with trialists or local players or players from the academy that might be, you know, ready to make the jump to the first team. You know, I don't, I, I absolutely have no idea what the, what the plan is going to be. I just know that to me, depth size, from what I heard directly from Coach Echeverry on that interview, that's gonna that's what's gonna worry me. Now, we're going into a season or a tournament where we're more than likely going to have weekday matches. There's gonna be constant traveling. The you're probably going to lose players due to injury. We've seen it in other um, leagues after they came back from the COVID break where they lost some players due to injury. They lost some players because they came out positive in the COVID-19 test. Um, so that is going to be a problem. That idea or, or that probability that our roster may be even stretched even more due to injuries or positive uh, test results for COVID-19. Honestly, I really am looking forward to this upcoming season. But that, like, that idea is just in the back of my head. It's like, how is the team going to handle this? How is Coach Echeverry going to handle this? And I have a lot of trust in Coach Jurisan Echeverry and dealing with the players that he has. I just don't know if the Houston Dynamo cares enough. Let me rephrase that. I don't know if the Houston Dynamo and Tab Ramos and his um, coaching staff will be able to help bolster both rosters and make sure that they have enough depth for both rosters. Because the way things are going right now with financials for almost all teams in the United States, they've really got, they're not in a position to spend money. So it's one of those things where you look at it and it's like, well, I guess it's what we have and we're just going to have to uh, make deal, uh, you know, deal with it. And, use whatever we have at our disposal. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Now, something really quick before I sign off uh, for this week's episode is there's some rumors going around on Twitter. Uh, more important, or specifically, this is coming from Cesar Contreras of Univision in El Paso. 
And basically, he says that according to his sources within El Paso Locomotive, their home opener will, on July 11th will be against RGVFC at Southwest University Park. Uh, and apparently, the official announcement by the league and the front office for El Paso will be officialized tomorrow, or actually today, technically, um, Thursday. So we're going to have to look out for that. And honestly, I'm glad that we get to at least play against El Paso one time. Because I feel like a tournament without playing all Copa Tejas teams is just not, it's just not a season. You know, it, just, it just feels weird. And, you know, I appreciate El Paso Locomotive and their fans, you know, what they've done. Especially the guys at 8th Notch, the guys that, uh, you know, with the Seriously Local podcast. So I'm glad to see that this is, this is going to happen. Obviously, we're just going to be pending approval, which will probably happen by the time you guys uh, probably listen, and listen to, to this episode. But... Other than that, that's all I have for, for tonight. Uh, let me know in our social media accounts what your thoughts are regarding this issue that I'm kind of thinking about that I've just mentioned today. Do you think that we'll be able to make do? Are you worried as well about that, um, that roster depth? And hopefully next week... Once everything has been officialized, we should be back for another good of another episode of Down in the Valley on YouTube with Jacob and with Ray. And so here's hoping. So hope you all have a good weekend, a good Fourth of July weekend. Remember, please, if you're going to be going out with uh, somewhere, you know, to the grocery store or anything like that, please wear a mask. Take all the necessary precautions to avoid being um, infected with COVID-19. Follow the, re- the rules and regulations that have been put in place because it's for our benefit as a society. And we really want to see everyone out there. We want to see them back at HEB Park if and when we are given the go-ahead and it's safe for all of us to go back into the stadium and watch her Toros play. In the meantime, be safe out there, drink plenty of water, and we'll see each other next week. And huge thank you once again to our sponsors, Natural Beauty Spa, VGNFM, and let's not forget, of course, Icarus uh, FC. Thank you and have a good night.